It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey guys, welcome in Stinkin' Truth Podcast alongside Mike Evans. I am Mark Schlereth. Scott the Huff, somewhere producing this show. Uh, he's at home right now, but he's producing the show for crying out loud. And he's getting it done. I want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and uh, all you, your nutritional needs. All you have to go is to uh, Sweet Sweat at SweetSweat.com. Do a great job with all their products. As a matter of fact, I take their exercise bands on the road with me because sometimes you never know. Sometimes um, the hotels don't have a great exercise facility or... Uh, you just don't want to go down there with other people. So you just get in your room, you you use the exercise bands, you get some stuff done, you get your swole on, and then you go meet with NFL teams to show them how big you are. And they say, well, you've been working out, and I say, sweet sweat. <laughs> All right, that's never happened, but no. I might do it. What's your secret, Stink? Right, but I do take my bands with me. Yeah. I do pack them in my suitcase. It's pretty easy. So sweetsweat.com for all that information. Mike, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. It's game week. I know. Here we go. Right? For all those people that, oh, we're going to all... Right? Like, like, they calm down. There's going to be some, you know, people that test positive. I, I, I honestly believe this. Like, the way you're tested every day, the cleanliness, the, all the things, all the protocols, all the things. I've been doing that with Fox, like, recently. Like, all the, our protocols will be tested every day that we're on site. You know, we got to... We gotta, Check into this thing called work care. Take our own temperature. And, you know, I was trying to take my temperature yesterday. They gave me one of those thermometers. And I was like, it was like completely inaccurate. I kept getting, I was like 94.2. I was like, I'm not 94. And then they have one you put on your forehead. And it's just a little tiny strip. And I was holding it on my forehead. And I'm like, I can't see this shit. Like, I'm looking at the squint in the mirror. I can't even, like, see it anymore. Like, I, I am see, not. I know you well enough uh-huh. to know how you would prefer to check your temperature. Well, I'm. This is what I'm saying right now is that I am a stickler for accuracy, so I am going to pick up an anal thermometer. <laughs> um, See, I just you right. leave no stone unturned. That's r- that is you right. are thorough. I, mean, I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm a believer in accuracy, Mike. <laughs> That's hey, that is the yeah. most. That is the. It reminds me. It reminds me of so. A side note, sidebar story. So I'm traveling across country. This is still a joke between me and my college buddies, and I will throw it out there on television every now and again. And I call it grandma pain or guama pain. And so I'm traveling across country. I'm going from Alaska to um, to drive to Idaho. And so, you know, you drive down through uh, the Seattle area, and I swing by uh, my buddies, uh, Jim and Jerry Medved, identical twins, uh, the last of, of 12. Last of 12 brothers and sisters, siblings, right? And uh, you know what? At number 11 and number 12, they decided to have twins, uh, Bob and Shirley Medved. And so anyhow, um, so I drive from Alaska, and listen to this drive. I leave Anchorage 20 straight hours, right? I pull over after 20 hours, and I had a little sandwich cooler in the back. So I'd get gas, I'd make a sandwich, and I'd get right back on the road. And you're still in Alaska, aren't you, right. after 20 hours? Yeah, pretty much still in Alaska or right on the Alaska-Canadian border yeah. after 20 hours. That's what it takes to get you out of the state. Right? Jesus. <laughs> so the next day, I sleep for four hours in the car. The next day, I drive for another 16 hours. I find a little hotel, a little motel. Um, I sleep. I get in and sleep for eight hours. I drive for 13 more hours. 
and I'm at the Vancouver Washington border. The Vancouver British Columbia Washington. So you've border. been driving almost forty hours. No, twenty to... plus sixteen is thirty six plus thirteen. Oh, forty nine hours. So almost fifty hours of driving just to get through to... Alaska and Canada right. to get to the U.S. border. And the U.S. border, right? Wow. So then I drive down through Seattle and I go to Tacoma, and that's where my buddies live, Tacoma. Um, so, you know, we do whatever we do that night and, and the next day we're all sitting around and Shirley made breakfast. Well, one of the grandkids is over cause she helps watch the grandkids and he's not feeling well. And he's got, you know, he's got a fever and she goes, I got to check your temperature. And so she takes him into the back room and we're all eating breakfast or, or like brunch or whatever she made us ba- eggs and bacon, you know, we're all sitting in there. And so you know how it was when we were kids, and and obviously you know I mean Shirley Medved was older. Like you're getting the you're getting you know the kid was probably six, but you're getting the rectal thermometer. You're getting right? probed, yeah. And so we're all sitting there not thinking anything of it, and then all of a sudden here you hear from the back where you go, uh, Grandma, 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 and we're like. Oh my God, that's grandma pain. That is grandma pain. So every now and again, when I know they're watching, they're watching me do a broadcast. They're watching me on back in the day on ESPN, or they're watching me do a, a broadcast for Fox. If somebody gets really hammered, I'll go, "Oh, that's grandma pain right there. That's the kind of grandma pain." And um, and so it's always, you know, grandma pain is always fun. So well, the good thing about you, yeah, I know how thorough you are. Yes. That uh, you know, if you decided to take your own temperature, uh, rectally speaking. Uh, you'll be thorough. I mean, you'll be like, well, that's six tries. I don't know if I got it right yet. Let's right. try it again. <laughs> I like to take an average of the, the best 10 temperatures. <laughs> anywho, oh, anywho. Anywho. All right. So um, plenty of news uh-huh. over the weekend. Let's uh, let, well, how about that Deshaun Watson deal? Four years, $160 million, about $111 million of it uh, guaranteed. And, and boy, how... It was almost like a "This is your life, Deshaun Watson." As appearing on his uh, conference call was Dabo Swinney, uh, Sweeney, Justin Verlander, his offensive coordinator in high school. I mean, it was just they you a, know they had he his whole up, family. He was balling. It was awesome. They had his whole family there. I I, tell you, I got to do an event uh, at the Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson two years ago, and. Um, you want to talk about a great young man, just, I mean, articulate, intelligent, thoughtful, um, just a great, like, if you're going to invest in somebody, invest in him. I'm just, I couldn't be happier for him, and he's just been such an outstanding young player in this league. I mean, the young quarterbacks in this league are just absolutely phenomenal, right? And it was. It was one of the coolest things because here's a kid that came out and earned it. Um, I'm just so happy that Houston Texans took care of him, um, got him done early as opposed to waiting for late. And now he's another one of those guys, the second highest paid guy behind Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and I, I love that about I love that about the whole story. I love the fact that, you know, all those people joined the conference call, the the Zoom call. I love the fact when he saw his whole family gather together to celebrate his success, like he just breaks down in tears. It was just, it was like, the, it, it just reminds you as much as we put people on pedestals and as much as we celebrate kind of celebrity and we celebrate the game, 
the human aspect or the human element of what we do is what makes it so special. And um, I just I just really appreciate that about Deshaun. And understand and appreciate where a lot of these guys came from and, and the journey that they had to, to take and the right. stuff they had to overcome to, remember, to get to this point. Remember, Deshaun Watson, if I'm not mistaken, Deshaun was a recipient, recipient of, of a home for habit, Habitat of Humanity from the work, uh, work done projects back in the Tampa area. Remember, he work built all those those houses when he was a running back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he was really involved in that. And Deshaun and his family was a recipient of of one of those houses. Yeah. So, I mean, the full circle nature um, of of that story and and the impact the NFL has had on his life, and now will continue to have on generations not only of his family but. Um, hundreds of thousands of people in his community because he is such a, a good kid and he's such a, a guy that cares about giving back to the community. But now the tough part because he's gotten paid. He's established him, himself as one of the really good, young, up-and-coming quarterbacks in this game that we have. But you know how ultimate greatness is determined. It's not by contracts or anything like that. It's not by where you were drafted. It's what do you do in the playoffs? And he's kind of dogged right now by what? He's only won one playoff game in his career. I mean, Still, it's it's time right. now. The next step is the big one because now, now you got to turn yourself. You got to right. get to that, that championship type right. level. Well, he still is. I mean, he had a 24, nothing lead over, or I think it was 24, nothing yeah. over the Kansas city chiefs. And, you know, Bill O'Brien decided to punt on second down from his own 12 or something like that. Um, I don't remember exact details, but it was it was bad. It was bad. Um, you know, I mean, I, hey, listen, I think those things will come. Um, he is a, a great player. It's It'll be interesting to see exactly what that offense looks like now that they tra- traded, you know, arguably their best player in DeAndre Hopkins because they didn't want to pay him. But I'm glad they got him paid. I'm glad – for that and you know winning you know winning in the in the playoffs is a process learning how to do that and developing a good enough team to do that um is a is a process and we've seen a lot of young quarterbacks struggle um before they kind of figured that out a lot of teams struggle before they figured that out here's one one thing i would say though about this whole contract and it, there's no way you can talk about this contract without tying it back in to Dak Prescott and what I said from day one was basically I went Teddy KGB on him, right, from the rounders, pay that man his money. And the fact that you've continued to shuffle your feet every day that you've shuffled your soft shoes, you know what's happened? The price tag keeps going up and up and up. And I remember this off season before the pan, or last season, before the pandemic, and even in the off season, you know, during the playoff run. When we, I mean, we were on, we were on FS1 on Speak for Yourself, and they were talking about. Oh, I don't know if I pay him twenty-seven million. I, are you kidding me? Well, I don't want to pay him thirty-one million. Are you kidding me? Well, I don't want to pay him thirty-four. Are you kidding? Pay him, because every day you wait, it's going to go up. Now, what do we have? We have Mahomes theoretically making fifty million or whatever it is. We've got now Watson making forty million a year. What do you think that's going to cost you? Like you went from you probably could have if you not if you wouldn't have thrown out the monopoly money contract if you would have been willing 
on fully guarantees to usurp that contract of Wentz or Jared Goff. Because remember, they got like a hundred and eleven million apiece or a hundred and eight million apiece, whatever it was, right? And Dallas threw out this big contract, but they wouldn't give him. They were a couple million dollars short or whatever it was of those of those guaranteed money. And he said, no, if you'd have just done it for real in the first place, you'd probably have him locked up long term for thirty million dollars or thirty one yep. million dollars a year. Yep. Instead, it's going to cost you 40 next year. Yep. That And that's because you were afraid to set the market. You can't be afraid when you're re-signing your own players. If a player has done good by you, done right by you, made you look right, you've developed him and he's done all those things, you can't be afraid to set the market with him because it's going to last for about two weeks before somebody else usurps that market. And then all of a sudden, at some point, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to look back on it and go, wow, we got a Super Bowl kind of contending quarterback and he only cost us $26 million a year. Well, for example, I bet you the Bears would love to be able mm. To be in a position to give Mitchell Trubisky a big second contract. What are the odds Trubisky plays at a level that uh, convinces the Bears to do so? Uh, Trubisky, name the starter, beat out Nick Foles. Right. What are the odds? (laughs) Um, I feel like dumb and dumber now. One in a million, so you're telling me there's a chance? Uh, I'm going to say not good. Um. Listen, there is nothing wrong with Mitchell Trubisky's athleticism, his ability um, that way, his arm talent, his, you know, just all those things. And there's nothing wrong with his work ethic, Mike. He's a hard worker. He's conscientious. He wants to be really good. Um, He just isn't. He just hasn't been really good. And, you know, there's sometimes when... Like, there's sometimes when you see that guy that hasn't been really good, that hasn't met his potential, and you look at him and you're like, dude, that's on you. Like, you're so gifted and you just don't care. Like, you see Jay Cutler and you're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, he's just like, eh. Don't care. Right. Could I be good? Sure. Does it matter? Not really. I'm just talented. But yeah, you see, and and you don't really feel guilty for that, or or you don't feel bad for that guy. He just kind of is what he is, right? And I'm not saying he didn't work hard, but I'm just saying that, you know, in the overall scheme of things, he's one of the most gifted guys we've ever watched, and it just seems, you know, from the outside looking in, that maybe it wasn't the biggest priority, right? And then you see a guy like Mitch Trubisky, it is a priority. Yeah. He wants to be great. And it's not from a lack of effort or caring or anything else. Um, he just isn't. Now, understand, he only started 13 games at North Carolina. And, you know, and there's a learning curve that goes into this thing. But, you know, mechanically he gets sloppy. Um, he's late. He's like, it just is, it just is, he's un, like, the the thing I would say about him, and I've met with him several times, he just, it feels like he's just a little unsure. And sometimes the worst thing you can be as a player is mm-hmm. unsure, hesitant, 
and almost like you care too much. Like you're so afraid because you know the pressure is going to come down on you. You're so afraid to make a mistake that all you do is play careful. Because playing careful makes you late. Playing careful, you know, playing careful just just essentially makes you play conservatively. Like there's it, there's a point of being good conservative and then bad conservative, right? Hey, it's third down and seven or third down and six. Let me dump one off here for right. two yards and get off the field. You can be conservative and still play with conviction. Yes, right? And then know when know when you're going to have to take a shot. Right. Know when you're going to have to open things up. Right. And 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 damn the consequences. Right. And I, I like I always say this about myself, Mike, and this is this is, you know, one of the reasons I played the position I played. I I mentally and I'll be the first to admit it. Like there, there's nobody that can play harder than me, or tougher than me, or more injured than me, and all that stuff. I'm not mentally tough enough to play quarterback. Because if I made a mistake, man, I'd beat I'd beat myself up. If I threw a pick six, I would be I I literally would beat myself up. I know I would. I know that's how I'm wired. I just know that about myself, and I feel like Mitch Trubisky has got that like. You know how we say that guy gives no shits? Like, that guy doesn't give a F, right? Like, you got to have some of that in you. And if you're not wired that way, I don't know that you can become wired that way. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can rewire the hard the hard wiring, right? I don't know that you can do that. And that, to me, feels like the, his bigger than talent and everything else, that, mm. that feels like the neck up feels like the bigger problem. So, uh, Trubisky, one more shot in uh, Chicago with the certainly capable Nick Foles waiting in the wings if he stumbles. Uh, Maybe it's (laughs) – I probably shouldn't be surprised. It's 2020. After all, the things that are happening in 2020, I guess I shouldn't be surprised at anything anymore. Because if you had told me prior to this whole Cam Newton in New England experience that Cam Newton – would not only win the job, right. but then would come out and say literally that he believes his match with New England and with Bill Belichick is, quote, a match made in heaven. Uh huh. What kind of odds would you have gotten on that? You know, Bill Belichick's an interesting cat, right? And one thing that he has learned over his career is... The buttons that he has to push for each and each player individually. And whereas he wore Tom Brady out, you know, talking about Foxborough quarterbacks and high school quarterbacks that are better than him. And like the guy got like in his whole career he got like two game balls. You know, I mean he's like he, I mean he just didn't he just held it was just like oh, he's gonna be my personal whipping boy and you know and and that's going to be good for the rest of the team, and he can handle that. Whereas Cam Newton, um, coming off of you know two two injury riddled seasons in a row, um, you know, I mean, he appreciates Cam Newton's talent and the fact that he has never defended him well in the two times he's played him. Two times he's played him, he's zero and two, and Cam has almost seven hundred yards of total offense, like seven TDs and one turnover. So I think there is a a respect factor there that he has for what that guy is and what he can become. Now, Cam throughout his career 
from an accuracy standpoint, and the mid-level, mid-range passes has been, you know, inadequate at best. But that one year under North Turner, when Cam accepted the responsibility, like Cam really, and I've, I've had this conversation with Cam, where he really started to understand that if I'm gonna if I'm gonna continue my career, I cannot continue to play the way I've played, even the MVP year. I can't put my body in harm's way. And my default mechanism has always been, hey, just take off and be an athlete. I've got to kind of change that perspective. Now, you think about a Cam Newton, and you saw him do it for about nine games where he was one of the most accurate quarterbacks mm-hmm. in football. If he can make that transition and he truly believes that and he and he maintains that with Josh McDaniels on top of still having the athleticism to be a threat in the run game and to help them that way, well, I tell you what, it's it it seems it seems like a match made in heaven. Can he stay healthy? That's my big question. Can he stay healthy? Well, if he can, I, I think he could be really good. Here's the thing: it's it's one thing for Newton, who's you know didn't really have many other options, to look at New England and say this is a match made in heaven. Could it be that the Patriots look at this as a much needed change? So this is this is from Greg Bedard, uh-huh. who covers the Patriots for the. Boston Sports Journal. Here's what he wrote in his column over the weekend. Quote, I will admit to you that from what I've heard since Tom Brady departed, the Patriots did need a vibe change in the locker room because a dour Brady, which started to crop up at the end of 2018, took its toll on the Patriots last season. It was so bad that some of his teammates have admittedly have admitted privately that it was better for all involved that Brady moved on if he was going to have the same attitude this season. So, one, this doesn't surprise me, right? It doesn't surprise me in that I've always said the most amazing thing in the world to me is that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have not been sated by success that they can just continue to grind and even in winning find a way to make it miserable <laughs> like that's it that's it's amazing cuz human nature is to exhale when you've had some success and relax man i've arrived and the fact that they've never felt like they've arrived that that's an unbelievable thing to me you and i experienced that here firsthand in denver because you know what people said once Peyton Manning retired The same freaking thing. And I would tell you this. Be careful what you wish for. Because since that time, the Broncos have went 9-7 with Trevor Simeon. 5-11 with uh, whoever else they went. 5-11 was Simeon again. again. And Paxton Lynch. And Paxton Lynch. 6-10 with Case Keenum. Yep. He's a franchise quarterback. And uh, seven and nine, seven and nine, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, and Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco. So careful what you wish for, yeah. right? You can, Sometimes yeah. you need that guy that cracks the whip a little bit and and keeps everybody in line. And it's probably not fun for him either. But he has a sense of what it takes to win. Matter of fact, he was winning games when your parents were changing your diapers. Think about that. Well, and and as far as a dower. Tom Brady, <laughs> who was he throwing to? Right. I'd be dour too if here I am 
20 years, the GOAT, six-time Super Bowl winner. Yeah. And after all that and my time in this league might be winding down and you give me a receiving group that includes Nikhil Harry, Gunnar Olchevsky, and Jacoby Myers and no tight ends. All right. The only guy you got is Jules. That's it. It's me and you, Jules. You and me, Jules. Just like Jules. It's like, you know what it would be? It'd be like the Titanic. Right? I mean, you're just floating in that water on that door. <laughs> right? Yeah. Jules is on the door. Yeah. You're hanging in the water. Yep. You're freezing. Yep. I mean, for crying out loud, that water's so cold. You'd need a flashlight and a pair of tweezers to take a leak, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. And by the way, there's probably room on that door. But you're just, I mean, you're too prissy over there you're to get too off. selfish. Yeah. To move over. Move your fat ass over. Yeah. Let's go. Let Brady up on the door. <laughs> I don't blame him. He's yeah, he's cranky. So yeah, I'd be cranky too. Oh, hell yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm here. Hey, listen, I'm going to do all the grinding and all the work that I do. I'm here to win Super Bowls, not to be twelve and four and lose in the playoffs. Twelve. Can you imagine? They had a really shitty year. They did. They That's were twelve. The way they, they were twelve and four. And but, it was a crappy year. The way, that, let me ask you this really quick. Okay, I, I got to put a. I got to put kind of parameters on this. Okay, Cam Newton. Stays healthy all year. He's not injured. Ooh, Starts I know all where you're 16 going. games. I know where you're going. Okay. Okay. Do they win, did they win yet another division? <laughs> so there's a lot of people that are on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon, yeah. right? Yeah. And the great defense of Buffalo. Remember, New England had the number one rated defense for most of the year last year. But, okay. So the Buffalo Bills, they have, I'll give it to them. They've got a great defense. They're, they're fun to watch. Josh Allen, you know, one of these young quarterbacks that, uh, you know, is playing better as an unbelievable athlete, you know, blah, 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 blah. Cam Newton stays healthy for 16 games. Who wins the division? Wow. If he's healthy for 16 games, I, I'd say New England. I, me too. Yeah. I, I'm, and and that, there's, no, there's not even a hesitation. I mean, they're remaking their defense. There's no doubt about that. Uh-huh. I mean, they got you look at you look at their defense now after all the at the after cutdown day, and there's a lot of who's that guy, who's that guy. I mean, the familiar right. faces that we've come to know from this defense over the years, um, gone. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they they. My point. I said this to you. I said for for those people who think that the Patriots are going to tank this year, they have established too much of a culture of winning. I mean, they could fall out of bed and win eight games. Yeah, just just I'm with because you. they yeah I'm, just know how to win. Right, I'm 100 you know? with you. So, but if if you're telling me Cam Newton could be healthy for 16 games, yeah, I think they win the division. See, I don't even have Again. any. I, I don't even have any yeah. hesitation. If he's healthy for 16 games, they win that division. Um, last bit, of, last note. Uh, uh Jadavian Clowney. Yes. Titans. One yes. year, 15 million. Good deal. I mean, great deal for Clowney. Great deal for the Titans. Yeah, Clowney's a Clowney is a re- like everybody measures stack sacks as like that's the litmus test whether you were any good or not. And last year in Seattle, he had four and a half sacks. Yeah, you only know? four and a half. Right, and oh, so he's fallen off the map, and he's no longer good. Watch him in the run game. I mean, he just absolutely destroys people. And then watch. The way that Seattle plays, 
So when you watch them play, there's a couple things that, that happen. One, watch how many times Jadavion Clowney is dropping back into pass coverage. Hard to get sacks when you're dropping into pass coverage. Yeah. The other thing is, is watch how much they played. And this will be interesting this year because they've got a guy by the name of Marquise Blair who's a safety who they've converted into a nickel guy. And they want to play more nickel this year. Watch how much time they spent in base and how much they 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 matched base to nickel. And and one of the reasons that that's important, Mike, is because they're a 4-3, three, three linebacker, four defensive linemen base. And they like to get Michael Kendricks. He's no longer there, but they, he, they like to get him on the end of the line of scrimmage, which made your defensive end on that side. If if Michael Kendrick's on the line of scrimmage, means your defensive end is playing essentially in a the tight five or a four technique, head up over the offensive tackle. And what usually that means is that guy has got to either if he's got an outside pass rush and Michael Kendricks is dropping, he's starting from an a, a position of of like it's not advantageous. Or if they both come, he's pinching into a slide. So it's really hard to get sacks that way. And then the other offensive, the other excuse me, defensive end is lined up head over a tight end and because they'll get into an over front a lot. So that's the way they play that, right? It's, it, it, it would be a the difference between a 25 front and a 57 front, but an over front. So in an over front, that means the opposite defensive end is head up over a tight end, a six technique, right? And so what that means is you've got to pass rush through the tight end before you get to the mm-hmm. offensive tackle. So... They sit there and say, "Wow, they didn't really rush the passer very well." Well, some of it is some of it is predicated on the style of defense that they wanted to play, and so I think you're getting a Jadavian Clowney guy. The fact that he's getting 15 million on one year deal, or it's up worth up to 15 million, is great. But it shows you that people still realize in the right spot, this guy can wreak havoc. Think he'll, he'll be used differently? Absolutely. I think he'll be a, a rush defensive end. I think what you'll see him, you know, initially anyhow because he's missed camp, is to get 35 plays or so, maybe 25 plays, rush defensive end, or what we used to call back in the day spinner, meaning he's a defensive lineman that's a stand-up guy that's rushing from the middle of the field, rushing over a guard, whatever it is. But but you'll see him you know, running the games and the pick stunts and all that kind of stuff. You'll see him do some of that stuff. Um, Vrabel is a great defensive mind. Um, he understands about controlling the line of scrimmage. He'll put him in the best position uh, to wreak havoc in that in that realm, something that he wasn't given the opportunity to do as much last year. And I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm doing Seattle week one. Mm-hmm. I'm in Atlanta, Seattle. I'm shocked as I'm watching how many times I watch this guy drop off in pass coverage. Like I'm like, I don't know, I think he's my best pass rusher, and we're not rushing the passer very well as an organization, and I've got him dropping in coverage. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, anyhow. That's it. Should be good. I, hey, hey man, it's here. It's here. Long offseason, baby. Oh, long offseason, buddy. Hey, man, we're it here. has been a long <laughs> 2020. Yes. It certainly has. But we have football, we're, and it's, it's here. We're kicking it off Thursday. By the way, we'll have a uh, new segment brought to you by uh, – Superbook, and um, 
We're going to do our Moneymaker Picks and a special surprise guest on the Moneymaker Picks as well as some prop bets and some things of that nature to prep you for the weekend. Uh, all coming up on, uh, I think, Thursday we'll drop that episode. So uh, anyhow, for everybody involved in the stinking truth, for our friends at Sweet Sweat, for uh, Superbook, who's jumping on the program starting on Thursday. We thank you so much. Hey, make sure you check me out at uh, MarksAllPros.com, building the best referral network in the country. That's MarksAllPros.com. For Mike, for Scott, for myself, thank you so much for listening.